ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you as always by the Mind Refiner. I'm Kyle Bodanis. This week, Coburn and I talk about the new 21 Savage album, Savage Mode 2, as well as the latest from Denzel Curry, Unlocked. If you like what you hear, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, and if you have time, follow the Mind Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. Alright guys, with me for this double review extravaganza is the man himself, the king of the West End, Coburn Blair. Coburn, how are you? Good, how about you? Good. Uh, definitely been listening to these two albums intensely as I try to semi-quarantine again, uh, as things are going kind of crazy again. So... Let's get into this. We're going to look at 21 Savage's new album, uh, Savage Mode 2, as well as Denzel Curry's Unlocked, which uh, both are the hip-hop, you know, the rapper-producer uh, combination, you know, not multiple producers. Um, it's really collaborations. Uh, Savage Mode 2 with Metro Boomin and Unlocked uh, with Kenny Beats, uh, both sonically uh, very interesting album. We'll start with 21 Savage and Savage Mode 2. Uh, what are your thoughts on its namesake, its predecessor, the mixtape Savage Mode? Well, I think this is, like, you know, this is an album, as we kind of always say on here, that, like, albums with sequels, this is an album that deserved a sequel. It's a mixtape mainstay in Atlanta um, for the new kind of generation of artists in Atlanta. 21 Savage, I think, has cemented himself as that guy. And I would say, like, they kind of have improved upon what I would call, like, 21 Savage. I would say he's almost like a horrorcore rapper. And maybe not so much in the way that, like, an Eminem or, you know, maybe you might call Odd Future horrorcore uh, in the past, but in a very similar way with his subject matter, you know, his uh, gratuitous... Um, depictions of blood and shootings or stabbings or whatever he's kind of talking about. Like, he's kind of has embodied that throughout his work. So I think I love the first Savage Mode, and I think, you know, four years later, kind of returning to that with, you know, both um, of these artists have improved their resume tremendously since then and have grown a lot. I think 21 Savage is a little bit more focused on this, and I think he is, you know, he's accompanied by Metro, who, you know, has had... An amazing run and is just an amazing producer and like he's kind of coming off of what doing his last single that I remember from him is the weekend's heartless um yeah. off the weekend's album and then that sounds you know not in the same wheelhouse as this at all but you know they both have their place and they both sound really great I'm gonna ask you this question complex was you know they they were doing you know they were talking about the the twenty one savage metro Boomin collaboration. And they feel that it's likely one of the all-time great producer-rapper combos. What do you think about that? I mean, I think they're in this kind of new paradigm that we're in. I think, you know, there's there's a conversation for it. And I think they complement each other very well. And I think, you know, like, Twin Savage is, like, coming... Usually he doesn't, like, switch up his flow too much on this. We're seeing, like, a little bit more varied. But he's kind of, like, pretty dry across the beats. And... You know, Metro is like making beats that sound, you know, somewhat lush, also somewhat like, you know, you're in a Freddy Krueger type movie. They, they have that like feel in it. And I think they just work really well together and they feed off each other really well. And then I think you look at like uh, Without Warning, which 21 Savage, Metro and Offset did together. And I think that doesn't quite hold up 
to the same level as just the two of them together. And I think they, they fit really well. You know, it's funny because that album just didn't, it didn't hit as, like for me as, you know, as well as I thought it would. I like Issa album. Like that's my favorite uh, 21 Savage yeah. album. Um, that's first full length, I believe. It's interesting that, you know, the addition of Offset didn't, you know, it's almost like there was too many cooks. You know what I mean? In the kitchen. Yeah, something like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I find that, you know, two people get in a groove, they get on the same wavelength. Then you're adding a third and the dynamic is different. Like, how are you, do you think that that's holding up against, you know, people like, you know, MF Doom and Madlib, Alchemist, Freddie Gibbs, Drake and 40, Rick Ross, you know, and Lex Luger. Like, do you think they're, they're, they're allowed to be in that conversation yet? Or do they still have some ways to go? I mean, I think, I think what I'll say is that like for a new generation and a new shift in culture, like, I don't know if I'm going to put them up there with like, you know, it's not Eric B and Rakim, but I think in a new way for a new set of people, this is, you know, a partnership that is going to last and is going to, you know, influence each other, um, their story. Cause like, you know, on, on Metro's album, you know, 21 Savage is heavily featured and he fits in to the pocket on there. Um, and I think, yeah, I just think, I think they're going to, they're going to work well together. And, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, historic names that you put up there in terms of production. But I also think there's something to be said for just the two of them doing these concept albums almost in comparison to some of the other acts that you mentioned. Let's talk about the album. You know, what was your initial thoughts on it? Well, I think like you can't really talk about this album without talking about uh, Morgan Freeman narrating it. Yes. When I watched the initial trailer or movie or whatever it was for it, I was like, is that Morgan Freeman? And then, you know, you get deeper into the album and you play it and you're like, oh, wow, Morgan Freeman's like really on this, doing interludes, talking about the differences between snitches and rats. And it sounds amazing and fantastic. And you're wondering, like, you know, like, I wonder how much that costs. I wonder how they got Morgan Freeman to do this. Um, And I, I just thought it was it was genius. It's a way to make this album a moment in a year where there's not that many moments, right? Like this is going to something that stood out and it's something that you can kind of come back to and talk about. Um, and all, can, all, can, all, I, can I just uh, interject uh, one here? Of course. Yeah. Uh, just on this Morgan Freeman uh, situation. Uh, what did you think about Morgan Freeman explaining the finer points of being a rat versus a snitch? I thought it was uh, probably the best thing I've heard. The best thing I will hear this year. Um, and maybe also next year. Um, I thought like, you know, how many movies have you seen with Morgan Freeman in it? And, you know, this, it gave it a cin- cinematic feel. I think the cinematic feel is the, is the best way of describing it. I don't think I necessarily got it the first time I listened to it. I mean, as I said to you, I'm like, does this album suck? Question mark. I'm yeah. like, I'm like I, I think what it was is this made me explore how big of a fan I am of 21 Savage. But, you know, okay, one thing I loved about this album is that I loved that it does sound like a horror movie and that the trailer they put out matches it. And it's this savvy and smart marketing, you know, situation. And, you know, they're creating this whole, I mean, you and I have talked about it where, I mean, nowadays you have to create this whole like almost media landscape where it has to be multimedia and go beyond, you know, just an album coming out. And I thought it was really savvy and smart in the way they, you know, the way it was done. Uh, I mean, my thought process is, I mean, like generally I think, you know, true objectivity is a fallacy and I, you know, and I think since you and I try to separate ourselves from the rest of the critical community 
by you know trying to explain our relationship to artists and prejudices um i'm i think you know i you know I, this is one of those situations where i'm like do i like it because i love um this album first i like i think that was my favorite but then i'm like okay this is definitely more mature you know the obviously the mixtape the mixtape is legendary but like it, it like there's direct lines from it but you know it's an expansion on it but i'm wondering you know since he's made so much advancements obviously in terms of you know his style and you know assessing his brand i'm like do i just not am i not am i indifferent towards the more unvarnished 21 savage as he becomes more of himself and i really kind of went down that you know rabbit hole with it as i was as i was going through it because like i love the morgan freeman thing on rats and snitches but then I was just like, uh, and I got the track. It got me dialed in, but I wasn't a fan of, you know, the, the, track, the song when, that the track yeah. when it dropped, right? And there was other yeah. ones like slides where I'm like, uh, I just like I couldn't, like I wasn't getting into it and stuff. But like at the same time, I also love Metro Boomin. Um, you know what I mean? I think you know he's been on the radar. I think since like 2015 because he did Jumpman by Drake and Future. I think he executive produced that uh, the, uh, the whole album yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then he, I remember what was that? For? He did the I Love Mackinac track. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, he did yeah. Tuesday. He did I Love McConan's Tuesday. He did um, a few songs by Future before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, so he's like what around, he's doing but... is fantastic. I I think that I may not be the biggest fan of Twenty One Savage, but I can see the artistic growth in this and when i started really putting like thinking of this as an album and you know what i think it is i think if i were to evaluate this track by track i wouldn't like it that much but the whole yeah. package of uh, a concept album and this um you know this horror core style I, I think when I look at it in that context, I actually, you know, start to really see what he's trying to do and um, kind of enjoy it. There's definitely some spots on this where I was like, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, I think I think for to I think to enjoy 21 Savage, you have to kind of take it at face value. Like, I think for what I find it a lot of time, it's like it's almost like spoken word over like really like lush or like deconstructed or, you know, like beats with a certain sound to them. And he's. He says you'll have just like really like funny and dry lines. It's a lot of like dry, dry humor almost, but like just like nonchalantly like really violent lines. And I think that's what that's where the enjoyment kind of derives from. You know, it's like you're not like getting like you know where he's like doubling up on bars or 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 you know flipping like lines and stuff like that or doing like a lot of similes and and, and metaphors and stuff like that. But like the ones that he does do are very like you know dry. And if you get it, you kind of like, oh, this is like funny. There's something to this. There's like, it fits in a certain, um, in a certain like category. And, and that's how I kind of derive from it. It's also like, it just sounds great in the car as well because of the production. I mean, uh, if you got a good system, this album is incredible. Yeah. Like it, it, yeah. it's really, I mean, it's really uh, well put together in that respect. I think, you know, it really depends on how you like how do you like your rap you know he i mean he he his sweet spot is impeccable timing uh these wit not um you know he's not he's not as i said he's not uh he's not you know blinding you with the play on words or raps or his speed you know or his ability to twist uh lines but 
it's more it's matching the music it's matching the overall concept and when i stopped viewing it as like individual tracks i found i got it and you know and 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 like and enjoyed it a lot better especially i feel like when i watched the trailer and i what i did was i set it up i watched the trailer then immediately went into the album and i was like okay i kind of see how this whole thing is coming together and i i i think it's it's a it's growth for him i think uh, this record is is going to be big it's already doing uh quite well i just uh i think there may be another step for him especially with you know this thought and one thing i appreciate is i feel like a lot of the time um you know it's you know rap albums are more you know based in track by track rather than this whole concept put together and i really admire how he really embraced the album as an art form for this and uh i i thought that was really great yeah i think like i think like also you have to like look at the cover too like you know like like you said it's a package it's a body of work so for them to kind of do a pen and pixel um inspired cover like you know like that's southern rap heritage and it's all like kind of infused in it and then you have Big Rube from the Dungeon Family, who's like part of like Outcast albums, who's been like who's pops up on Future's Pluto, and you know we're gonna review Denzel later, and he pops up on Denzel's Thirty Two Zell, and he has written all these parts for um, Morgan Freeman, and this is kind of like the style that he kind of does the narration in on on other tracks. So I think it just all fits together, and I think as a complete package is really the only way to kind of view this album. Like I don't think I'll be pulling it apart too much, like. It's also, I think, it's the type of music that sounds good on a playlist. Like, if you're listening to, like, Rap Caviar on Spotify or something like that, and a song comes on, it just all kind of melds together and all fits into that more so than it does, like, stand out on its own. No, I completely agree. And I think that's, you know, when when the, you start looking through that lens, you start to see, you know, where, you know, the, the real art is here. What were some of the, I mean, I know we said we didn't want to pull it apart, but, like, what were some of the tracks that did stand out for you? I mean, for me, like, it's not, like, a 21 Savage song, but I just love uh, Morgan Freeman um, telling you the fine details between uh, Snitches and Rats as an interlude. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. I thought um, Glock in My Lap, the production on that was fantastic. It's a great and, um, Step... Uh, Stepping on niggas by uh, Metro. I thought that beat just sounds. It sounds like like old Southern music, like old Houston rap, or maybe like West Coast. It the production on that is like completely fantastic. So I think like there's a little bit of um, both of them getting out of like you know what we know them for, and like I, you can hear Twenty One Savage like trying a little bit more on this and like putting more thought and, and being a bit more creative. So I think that's what kind of stood out to me the most on this album. I loved running. Uh, it's just driving and steady. It doesn't let up. Um, it, you know, it's a banger. I, this was the first track I heard like in a car with a system, and uh, it's just it's fierce. It's like menacing, and I and you know I love that the video. Uh, he brings a Grammy uh, to what I believe is Atlanta, and uh, it's amazing. Um, the Young Thug track. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. It's like chilled out, atmospheric. It's hazy. Um, you know, there's we're gonna get into the verses specifically. Um, I really, I loved Glock in my lap. I loved R.I.P. Love. I thought that was a different flavor on the album. Um, it was more dreamy, you know, ethereal. 
and you know it's like something you should be listening to at night and you know it's, it's a really great aesthetic and i i really really enjoyed that and it offers something a little bit different and almost like maybe um a, rep a momentary reprieve from you know the 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 horror the darkness on this album yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of shines in there and i really i i, I really enjoyed that too and I want to like, and we'll kind of move from there into the into the features. Um, like, first of all, what did you think of the Young Thug feature? Um, I mean, I'm a unabashed Young Thug stan. I, I love anything he does. I think he's one of the most creative and uh, emulated rappers out right now. I think he has a lot of uh, pull and just his the way his mind works is amazing. So I, I like the Young Thug feature. I thought the Drake feature wasn't really necessary. I think that's kind of like the feature that like and i don't think it even came from the label but it's kind of like hey like you know like you gotta like have a feature on there to let people know that you can get a drake feature if you need a drake feature um, it's almost like it's a flex, i didn't think it you know what i mean yeah it's, i think it's almost yeah, like I think showing that's we exactly have what it was the, we have access to nuclear weapons here yeah exactly and like you know like and you're hearing a lot about 21's ar arsenal so like you know to have a nuclear weapon in it is not not surprising and then he has young nudie who's his cousin who's a rising atlanta rapper and definitely in the same kind of genre-esque like very like horrorcore stuff so i i like i didn't love right like i think i agreed with you i didn't love the song snitches and ratchets as much as i love the intro interlude but um it's hard to live up to that intro yeah i also like that it was only three features you know he wasn't going out of his way to grab you know everyone who's hot or who's had like a top five single in the last like little bit to put on this album so i thought i thought it worked well right like it did what it needed to do i thought this was that was great in compare like in contrast to the big sean album which we felt had too many features rich shit is a good track i love that um mr right now okay here i want to talk about this drake first of all he is the SZA thing. He's like he's fucking name dropping that he used to date SZA. Um, I think this is weak on Drake's part. I think the fact that we're even talking about this, like you know, a week later, two weeks later, and it went viral on Twitter, and everyone's trying to figure out the dates and stuff like that. Like, and SZA ended up commenting on it. Like, you know, it did what it needed to do. Like, you know, how many people are gonna listen to that just to hear the lyric? Uh, and, Drake like, wins again yeah like at this point like it's we know we know who drake is so like yeah. that line i don't I like you know it's like that's a story then you know like there's a whole probably articles written on oh drake at this time was you know dating SZA. like SZA, we didn't know about SZA this time like it's just a whole feeds into more celebrity gossip and stuff so yeah i think drake, it's like, yeah like you said drake wins again let's, like let's get people talking um yeah i think people were doing the date calculations because they were trying to see if she was underage yeah, that's which I think is like it's dumb. It's just a waste of time. I know, it's, but uh, you know, it, it just was, works. I thought the Drake feature was pretty vapid on this one. I'm just, you know, I'm not too into the track at all. I, I, I don't think that. Um, listen, obviously, I, you know, I go to back for Drake. I like, I love Drake, but I don't think Drake needs to. You don't want to see the little Wayneification of Drake uh, for features because yeah. you know I feel like. You know, and we kind of joke around about this every time we see a Lil Wayne feature and it seems out of place because it's like almost obligatory right now. Um, but you don't want the Drake feature to become obligatory. You want it to, you want, and I kind of like that this, like that this didn't go, you know, into so many feet. Like it's more, it's more 21 Savage shining than relying on bringing a lot of other people in. And I think that is, um, 
in a in a feat in an in a time where features are so important and all over the place and it's all about collaboration it's good to see someone just say i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna try to make my own bones about it so i really really kind of enjoyed that i love that he brought his cousin out um i love that you know he always dips it back to atlanta and that's and if you think about it 33 percent of this is a young is his you know up-and-coming cousin which is pretty good you know what i mean like i, I really yeah. like how you know that was done um so i mean overall it was you know i thought this this uh, this album and its um features you know were really in the sparse features were really quite good where does this belong on his cv like where like is this is, is this his best work thus far i mean i think like i don't I don't know if it's his best work, but I think this is, it's showing his, his biggest growth. And I think, you know, like, I think there's, there's more for him to get to. And I think there's going to be like another album that's like, you know, maybe the album. I think maybe if you had to pick an album for him, it might be like Savage Mode 1 might be like his album, like his his arrival. Whereas this isn't his arrival or his departure. This is more him cementing himself or where he's at but there's there's higher that he can, he can go i think in my mind do you think the love of savage mode one is because of its place in like atlanta lore or because of the genuine skill in it like do you think it's better than the records that would follow it i th i think so i think yes i think like this album was kind of more his like hey let me try and like make an album you know that's a bit more like palatable and i think 21's at his best when he's not trying to be palatable i think i don't think he ever like really goes all the way there but i think that he's at his best when he's just doing himself and i like when i like i like hearing, hearing him on features when he kind of comes out of nowhere and it's like oh it's a 21 savage feature and he's not like you know trying to keep up or trying to like connect to the melody of the beat he's just going to give you 21 savage and that's where you're going to get every time I think there's something to be said for somebody who can, who can just remain in their own world and kind of be, I think I can compare it to being like a character actor, like 21 Savage, he's going to come and he's going to give you that character or that, you know, flow or that kind of part of himself every single time. And that's why you get him, you know, you can get anybody to do any roles if you need someone doing melodies or hooks or something, whether you get somebody else. But if you want that one thing, you can only really get that from 21 Savage. I do think I like 21 Savage's features more than his actual tracks. I like, cause I really enjoy his features. I think he just adds like, I, I always think he adds a, the, a different texture when he comes into tracks, um, which, which is good, which is what you're looking for. Because I mean, we've discussed this before. Some rappers come in and they just kind of line up with the track. Um, but I yeah. like it more when that rapper brings their own flavor, which to me makes more sense as to why they would come into the track if they're going to actually like add their dimension to it. So, okay, here's the question. Do we want to hold off the patent mine refinery cog rating system to the end or do you want to do it right now? Uh, yes, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it now. Okay. So I have this as a 6.5. I, okay. it was a good album. Uh, it didn't hit with me. It's, uh, specifically but there is big artistic growth on this and i think that while this is a 6.5 if he keeps moving in this um at this level and this level of growth that ne the next album could be significantly higher yeah i think i think that's a very fair rating i think i I'd, I'd probably have this at a 7 or 7.5 on the co on the cox rating system i think um yeah 
He's shown the knack for growth. He's shown uh, a way to market himself and a way to kind of reach fans that might not have checked him out before. But, you know, you can kind of get pulled in by the whole Morgan Freeman thing. And then once you're pulled in, you can kind of see if you like the world that he's presenting. And I think that's important. And I think that he's not everyone's cup of tea. But if you like what he has to offer, you're going to enjoy this album. And it's worth listening to. I think not everyone's cup of tea is the best way to describe it. Because I don't think he's my cup of tea. But I don't think you should sleep on this album regardless. Because I think if you want to understand where hip-hop is today, you need to immerse yourself in 21 Savage. I think well said. Um, let's move on. Another producer-rapper combination. Um, Denzel Curry unlocked. Denzel Curry a little bit more, un- I feel a little bit more unconventional than um, 21 Savage. Definitely a little bit more wacky and zany. Uh, he has a less conventional sound, uh, especially when contrast- contrasted against, you know, 21 Savage. Where does he fit into the hip-hop ecosystem? I think that's hard because I think if you look at maybe the early, like, I want to say the early 2000s, if you look at maybe the 2012 era, 2012 to, you know, 2015-ish, you had a a kind of a Florida scene that was kind of counter to the mainstream, but also, you know, very healthy and doing its own thing. And it's still there, but I think it's not really at the forefront and the blogs and the people who are kind of uh, propping it up have kind of left. And so there's core fan base left. And there's people who are paying attention left, but it's not really, you know, talked about as much like the South Florida scene. Like, you know, you have your ski mask and you had XXTentacion, Denzel Curry, um, and like, you know, a few more like kind of notable rappers who were all kind of rising at the same time. And And then you kind of have Rick Ross as like an elder statesman to that. Exactly. But then Rick Ross was like, he was at least there, you know, he was, he's featured on some Denzel Curry songs. He would... He yeah. would, like, show up in music videos with these guys, and, like, you know, he was there, like, coaching them on. I believe Denzel and um, Rick Ross are from the same neighborhood. I could be wrong mm-hmm. about that, but I think I think they're from the same neighborhood, Carroll City. Um, so, yeah, like, I think, I think there was something there to be said. And I think in the same way that you have that happen to a lot of different cities when, you know, they have their buzzing moment when, like, everyone's kind of looking into them, and, like, Toronto went through the same thing. It doesn't last forever. Some cities get it for longer, like we watched it happen to Chicago. But yeah, I think he's kind of in that realm, but he has a hardcore fan base. He can tour, he's making great music, and he's important to people who who care about him. You know, it's good to see that no matter what genre exists in the music lexicon, that it will always be subject to the scene discovery and scene abandonment of the music press. Um, And then the fan base afterwards. I mean, uh, Miami, you know... Seattle, Toronto, they all, you know, um, it's, it's hard to maintain that, uh, when you're coming from a, you know, a certain place, because like, it's, you know, it's like the A&R feeding frenzy begins when they find a few artists from a specific place and then everyone kind of converges on it and then everyone goes away, you know, to the next thing. You know, as soon as I listened to this album, I found myself really thinking about Denzel Curry's influences uh i've listened you know i I really enjoy denzel curry and but i haven't really thought intensely about um where you know he derives a lot of his inspiration i mean mf doom comes to mind right away uh there's definite nods to odb you know and elements of a group like the far side especially on this album there was tracks where i'm like this sounds like it's kind of lifted from lab cabin uh lab cabin um i really 
you know, and I found that's why I connect with it because I love those artists. I think artists like Denzel Curry exist as a shadow cabinet to the mainstream. Um, they provide an over monetized industry, you know, bent on pushing numbers with risk and uh, not to say more commercial artists don't take risks, but many don't have the guts to get weird. It's as if, uh, you know, the more outlier acts keep things fresh and unsafe, you know, like checks and, you know, like a kind of a system of checks and balances almost because, you know, his sound is, I, I think not palatable for everybody because it goes in so many different directions. But at the same time, I kind of love that. And I thought that Kenny Beats is a, you know, it's, you know, they have a great collaboration. Just seeing interviews with them, there's such a mutual respect with the two. I'm a big fan of Kenny Beats as well. What were your initial thoughts on this album? Yeah, I think the same thing I thought, um, you know, like at times I've been hearing like DMX. I'm hearing like there's a lot of like energy there. Definitely DMX, um, yeah. There's a lot of like boom bap sensibilities. I think there's like leaders of the new school era, Busted Rhymes I'm hearing there. I like, I, I was... I kind of come in and out with Denzel Curry. Like, I listened to 2019 Zoo when it came out. I don't think I kind of went back to it. Not because it was bad, just because there's an onslaught of music at all times, and it's hard to, you know, keep up with it, especially, like, if you don't have it, like, on your Spotify at all times or whatever. Imperial, I think, hooked me at the beginning. I obviously listened to 32 Zell a lot. Um, but, no, I, I enjoy this album. I can see kind of where it's coming from and where it fits in. Yeah, I think I would want more of this from Denzel. What do you think about this only being 18 minutes long? Sorry, 17 minutes and 47 seconds. I was honestly like floored by when I saw the, the run length because I listened to it like kind of on loop and repeat for a bit and I realized that it was only 17 minutes and 40, what, two seconds. I'm surprised at how varied it is for an album that short. It covers a lot of ground for that amount of time. Like it really yeah, does. Like I, I was also, I also didn't even mention, I, I think I heard like a lot of Wu-Tang influence. Like you said ODB at the beginning, but like it reminded me, especially like the way the album intros, like it kind of reminded me of that. So there's a lot of like different things at play here, which I really, really enjoyed. Well, I think it kind of gets into, I mean, because we talked about like horror core, you know, like horror rap. And I think that someone like 21 Savage does it more with atmospherics and deep bass. But, you know, a producer like RZA did it more with, like, crazy samples and being more erratic and this combined, you know. And so I think that stylistically is in there as well. I think it's actually two, these albums are two examples of the same thing, just executed differently. Uh, I definitely think Wu-Tang Clan uh, is in there. I hear, you know, you know, there's elements of, like, fucking Raekwon and, you know, in, in the way these things are done. is And, and the producing is super raw and i i kind of really enjoy it i mean i love denzel curry and kenny beats together you get those deep bass head nodding beats the boom bap uh you know with dissonant flourishes you know it's unafraid to drop less conventional sounds or you know vo voice effects um sometimes they are just uh, the varied way it, it almost sounds like there's two different rappers sometimes the way they're using vocal effects i think that's the point and it's not afraid to like go into different spots you know i was into this album from front to back i absolutely you know i'm going i think i'm going to listen to this again for sure you could listen to this while waiting for the bus like it's it's that, it's that kind of album i could literally <laughs> be waiting for the christie bus to go edit with mind refining creative john neal and be like i just listened to this whole fucking track this whole fucking album yeah. 
I, I kind of love it. You know, it moves. It has it has pace. It's stripped down to its absolute necessity track wise. Usually, I'm commenting on things being too long. I could probably use a couple more tracks because of this level of of music. I, I was really surprised how again how much ground was covered just in this you know short EP. There, I mean, and there's some there's some really great music. What, like, what were your what were the strand the standout tracks for you? I really liked. Uh, well, first of all, when we get to the standout tracks, what did you think of the track titles? Okay, so they I, like, I watched an interview with them, and they were just like, they they had these were like the file names of them. Yeah, and he was just like, leave them. Just let, let's just fucking leave them. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm down. I love that. Like, they're. You know, also referencing things like Cowboy Bebop, you know, and like Uzumaki in it. So, like, it's kind of crazy how, like, they go in and out of that stuff. I love that they just left the tracks like this. I don't know. Like, I, I, I love how it just strips it down even more. It's just like, this is it. This is raw and we put it out. But it doesn't sound cheap, if that makes sense. So, what are, you th- what are your thoughts on the tracks? Uh, I thought so incredible dot package was uh was really good, and pyro leak twenty nineteen. I think those are my two favorite favorite tracks. Pyro leak twenty nineteen is fucking fantastic. So incredible. I package. love the reference to Ontario. <laughs> it's so yeah yeah yeah. It's so good. Um, I like take it back version two. Uh, take underscore it underscore back underscore v two. Uh, to be correct just driving and, and and fantastic and going in all these different directions and erratic and i love that he he goes there uh track seven which is just kind of like an instrumental track with some like vocal stuff put over it not necessarily verses is funky and amazing and i was just like head bobbing to it and really enjoying it and then cosmic m4a i mean i liked all i liked the whole thing to be honest with you there wasn't really a track i didn't like i enjoyed diet um cosmic which uh was uh the cowboy bebop inspiration and i think it was uh, uzu Maki because he talked about this in an interview um with sway for take it back volume two which was which is really great but i kind of i i just kind of realized that one reason i love hip-hop and is deeks back to you know like wu-tang clan and to um you know tribe called quest is that hip-hop is the nerdiest genre like it's the nerdiest genre of music and everyone's going to be like but it's so based on being cool and you know drip and swag and but I'm like listen to the references these guys make like these guys are just like all they do is watch movies play video games like watch anime and then it gets into their music and it's like going through music like this you almost like learn stuff to look up and get in get immersed in and I kind of really love that I kind of love like discovering things. I feel like I learned like from Wu Tang Clan. I learned about kung fu movies, and yeah, and, and stuff, and and then got into that. Now I'm super obsessed with that. And I kind of love those little Easter eggs and like moments of discovery. And I think that's one thing I love about hip hop that say wasn't available on Twenty One Savages album. But not that that makes him lesser of a rapper, but that it's a stylistic choice that I'm. And also that wouldn't necessarily go with. Um, what he was trying to do on that but whereas this it makes more sense because you definitely feel the mf doom vibe there with that you know yeah well i think i would agree um in terms of like the the nerdiness and the appeal to it and like also the references and i think there's something like 
there's something like special about the way that this kind of came together and even like even like the song titles like you know it's something like it's something unique about it and i think i was kind of surprised too because this came out as also a uh, instrumental cd too like i think they put out like the the this version with uh, Denzel Curry on and then they put out like an instrumental cd which i don't think you see that often I love that. Like I a, love that. that. With like sometimes a I just, you know what it is? Because sometimes when I'm doing something, when I'm working, I can't. My only issue with hip hop when I'm trying to do work is that it's so lyrically dense that my mind focuses on the lyrics. It runs into it. So where I'm trying to like get my in my own headspace and process my thoughts, but I want to hear the music, this is available for me to just listen to it and enjoy it and just like head bob and get into it. I kind of love that they do that. What did you think about uh, Denzel and Kenny's like chemistry here? I think they work well together. I think you're putting two nerds together and they're just getting in. Whereas I think also that Metro Boomin and 21 Savage have a really good relationship as well. It's good to see. This is a kind of thing is like you're gonna find more chemistry in this way of working than working with multiple producers you know what i mean um like for example i love uh jay-z's black album it's one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time my criticism for it is that it's an album about him that i wish was like it's one of his most um, autobiographical albums and I wish that it was kind of done I mean the, all the tracks are great but the only thing I kind of it kind of lacks is the overall cohesiveness but that's because of the way it was made but like the individual tracks are absolutely incredible but for the for this and this whole you know rapper producer collaboration that we've you know has been more popular now and we've seen it go all the way back obviously to like fucking um gangstar you know what I mean um I I I like it. I I I think that they work together, and I think it's making the result will be better music. That is, as, you know, and I think the biggest um, recipient of these combat of these combinations is going to be the album itself. You're going to see better albums come out. Maybe the individual tracks won't have the same bite, but the works as a whole are fantastic. And I think Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats work well together. I know uh, in the same interview with Sway I was referencing before, they actually talked about, Kenny Beats talked about how Denzel Curry didn't really like him before. And then once yeah. they started understanding each other, they started liking each other and then spending stupid amounts of time together. And then they started putting out these, uh, you know, these, you know, this work. And I think, you know, I, I love that. You know, I mean, like, look at Freddie Gibbs and his work with Alchemist. You know what I mean? Like, it really brings out... I love that, the the producers getting into it. I feel like one of the things I'm most interested in when it comes to hip-hop and just music in general from, like, reading Rolling Stone and Guitar World when I was, like, a 16-year-old kid was the going in the studio and what the producer does and how the producer crafts the record and uses the studio as an instrument itself. So I really enjoy that. So I'm all for this. I love reading about these collaborations and um, it, it's kind of like a, a thing that I totally nerd out on. Yeah. I think there's something to be said too, for Kenny's output and his versatility because he's like super versatile, he's done so much for like, you know, he's worked with everyone from like Denzel to Gucci Mane to Key Glock to like like Vince Staples he put out an album together which was 
amazing. I remember that one. Um, Freddie Gibbs. Q, like it's like a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Like he's he, the versatility is definitely a good call. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to pin down like you know what is what you'd call his sound exactly because he can do so much. So I think like them working well together and like you know kind of it takes Denzel a little bit out of his shell. I think a little bit because of kind of what I'm used to hearing from him and it puts him in a new world, but it, it doesn't take away from either of their craft, which I thought, you know, made this album what it was. And also 17 minutes, like you could, you could do this again and it would be great. You know, like, I don't think you can get tired of a 17 minute album. Have you heard the O3 Greedo and Kenny beats album Netflix and deal? Oh, I love that album. Yes. I love all the big O3 Greedo First of all, fans. best title ever. Netflix and Deal, yeah. I fucking love it, and just all of it is so good. And there's so many, and it's like Freddie Gibbs on it, Vince Staples on it, Maxwell Cream's on it. It's just fucking awesome. And he, uh, his versatility. I mean, he's done Ed Sheeran as well. Um, I think he did a slow tie track. I think there's a that, that that's going to be coming out. So like, like it's. I think that this he's the perfect conduit for because he's a chameleon when it comes to music. And you, you can tell he's just a fan of so many different things. But there, at the same time, there's a through line, you know, of this. You know, there's a through line of it. And um, I, I I do enjoy it. Where do you think this album belongs on the, you know, in the whole Denzel Curry pantheon? The limited pantheon at this time. I, I think it's hard to do, right? Because it's hard to put a 17-track album up against... I mean, like some of his other songs or, or some of his other albums aren't that long either. Like I think, um, Imperial, if I remember correctly, isn't as long as I thought it was. Um, I think for me, like Imperial is up there. It's either number one. I think Thirty Two Zell slash Planet Shrooms would probably be two, and Zoo I think would be three for me. Um, and then I'd probably put this around like four or five behind some of the other mixtapes. But like I think it doesn't. It doesn't. Not to say that it's not as good as them. I think it is as good. I think it's a little bit more recent for me, and I think I'd have to kind of like listen to it in context. And it's a little bit of a departure, I think, for me for um, for Denzel. Do you how like how does that work? Do you feel like how can you compare an EP to an album? Um, like, is there a level of difficulty difference? Like, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think you have to kind of. I think you can really only all you can really do is judge intention, right? And I think you know you can make a really bad four songs. You can come up with a really bad single, right? And you can compare it to something else, or you can or you can compare it against you know what else is on the project. So I think intention behind it. I think it's hard to compare something that's like a full length body of work to something that you know can do a lot more with with uh, less, because if you're comparing something that's like a 40 minute or 50 minute length, you know, there's a lot more room for error there than it is when you have 17 minutes and it's easy to make 17 minutes a lot more precise. So on the patented cog rating system, where would you have this? I think I would give it like an eight cogs. I think it'd be up there for me. It's but honestly again. It's 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 yeah. I I have this as an eight point five. I love it. I I really really yeah. enjoyed this album. Um, sorry, this uh, EP. Uh, but I you know I I think you're totally correct. It's um, 
it's it's intentioned. I think that the you know putting there's nothing wrong with putting out EPs. Sometimes EPs are fucking sick. You know what I mean? Like I really sometimes yeah. I just want a quick hit. I don't want to you know, and I want to just listen to something that's a bit shorter and. I thought this was great, but like what I would like to do is just talk about the whole concept of the, the producer versus, you know, before we had the producer and the, uh, the rapper combination together. And like, do you think this is going to become the dominant situation for, for hip hop? Well, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a retread, right? Because Nas was on Elmatic was the first, kind of departure from that being the established way of, you know, things working. Um, I think there's something special about being able to hear, you know, your favorite rapper, whoever it is, go up and craft an album that sounds like a body of work with a bunch of different producers on it, you know, and like picks beats that fit against each other or picks producers that like work well together, but still has a thorough line as a full, a full project. So I think, you know, like you said, like the Black Album, I think is one of those. And I think, you know, like that has been the standard. And I think someone who does it really well is Drake, right? Because he has 40 with him at all times to kind of touch up things and kind of bring things into his wheelhouse. But he still is working with such a big range of producers, but it all still sounds co- co- cohesive. Um, so I, I think I'm wondering, too, like about in this pandemic, in the virus, like, does that make more sense to um to work like this you know because you can do this over zoom you could do this like you know have less people in the studio for quarantine measures i don't know what what do you think well i think that makes sense especially for the way it is now because you're only working with one person so it's like way better for you know our whole global pandemic situation which continues to kind of rage on um i I, like i you know, Nas changed the paradigm with it because before, you know, especially if you're looking at the beginning of Death Jam, guys are working with Rick Rubin and, you know, he's crafting whole albums and then you're getting a sound and that's where producers kind of come out with, you know, signature sounds that sculpted over entire albums. I think that obviously music is kind of over commoditized, um, if that's a word. And um, I, I, I think that, I think that the, the album and the embrace of the album because if you're working with one producer on an album you're saying that the album is the most important thing in my opinion rather than the individual tracks uh like you can release you can put out singles and all that but if you have one guy or one girl or one producer uh sculpting an album uh with you then what you're saying is that the whole breadth of the of 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 the piece is important and i kind of actually like what that means because it pulls it into more of the embrace of the album which i think is one of my was kind of my biggest criticism of mainstream hip-hop you know especially from like 2000 on uh was that i absolutely love the albums but like i thought that where and you know where their guitar-based more rock music counterparts, uh, because the embrace had uh, had always been uh, for the album, and even like their you know their soul and R and B counterparts, like from back in the day, like Marvin Gaye, who's constructing who who the album is is key. Um, I I think that this kind of pulls it into a really good direction, because like if you look at Twenty One Savage, I mean, 
that may not be my favorite album in the world, but he had an idea. He starts it with a trailer, moves it all the way through, goes and gets Morgan Freeman, doubles down on it, and he creates one thing, which is which I, I, well, I fucking love and applaud. Well, yeah, I think I think you you're onto something there when you bring like the idea of mainstream into this, right? Because I think the idea of one rapper, one producer, isn't strange to the underground. But as you have music kind of move forward and the streaming kind of era, you know set itself up there's like such a blur between independent and mainstream and underground and you know mass market stuff so like the concept of you know having like a super producer is kind of like over you don't have like you still have super producers out there but you don't not like trying to make an album trying to get every hot producer of the moment to be on your album so you can market the album based on the production on the album you're kind of like crafting much on much smaller scales and like you're not doing these like kind of sold out studios with like 40 people in them anymore you know that kind of era isn't really as prominent now so you're kind of crafting in these smaller ways and you're bringing it to the masses already crafted with you know either one producer or a couple producers that are local to you or or available to you so i think that kind of coming into the four-way where you get to a level where Jay-Z is like, hey, I'm going to do an album with just, um, uh, I'm going to do 444 and he just has no idea on there. And, and they do an album that sounds you know, like some of Jay-Z's best work in a long time. I think that concept is super interesting. And I think it's, you know, as, you know, Big Sean applies it and as like these kind of mainstream rappers apply it, where they're not kind of chasing down the, the hottest beat makers in, in the city or in the scene at the time, and they're kind of working and crafting a more cohesive piece. I think that's an important thing to to happen in this era. I mean, we mentioned the Black Album. I wonder what the Dame Dash executive producing situation was on that, because it feels like, I think Kareem Biggs was on it as well, um, yeah. but like as one of the execs. But yeah, it's it's a little bit more. I, see, that's the thing. I like I like Al, uh, Black Album way better just because I kind of love December Fourth. He's talking about, you know, growing up and it's, it's my his birthday. mom's in there. I fucking love it. But then, but four 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 is cohesive. You know what I mean? And it, it it's that that's one thing I do love about it is that it's one thing, and I think that this is how hip hop because I I think anybody will agree that over the 2010s there was while really great hip hop was coming out as it became even more mainstream there is a hub, like there's a watering down of it that inevitably happens and the album pushes you away from that because you're not worried because it's not uh, the focus changes and it's not on as i said this you know the single the singles are important and the tracks are important and the videos are still important, but you're more, you know, worrying about like, what is the whole perception of this thing going to be, which I think overall is just better for music and the art form of hip hop, a return to the album. Yeah. And I think, I think the return to the album was necessary after, you know, especially in the streaming era and especially in the, cause there's an era of like so much noise, right? There's so much, out there so much music at all times that you could be listening to so if you can make something that is cohesive and concise i think that's going to resonate it's going to last longer than everything else on that note mr coburn blair i think we gotta get going thank you so much for doing this yeah.
thanks for having me. And as always, guys, talk to you later.